of preview i'm joseph hadfield and i'm james knight and in this edition we're going to have a look back at the uh the named mexico city grand prix uh this year and onwards as we all know it the mexican grand prix uh we'll look back over the weekend's action from the autodromo hermanos rodriguez my spanish is coming useful uh there and uh later on we're also going to turn our attention to this weekend's second of a triple header uh, it returns the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, or the Brazilian Grand Prix, as we know it better, at Interlagos, and the third and final F1 sprint of this 2021 season, all to come on preview. And before we get into all that action, uh, a trivia question for you. My turn once again this week. And, uh, well, this is all about Mercedes, and, um, well... Since 2017, the start of the 2017 championship, uh, F1 has so far, up to this point, raced on 28 different circuits, okay? Uh, So that excludes the Human Rights Grand Prix, or the two of them, shall we say, that are to come in a few weeks' time. But every other circuit... Um, and I'm not talking about Vietnam either, the ones we've actually raced on, 28 of them since the start of the 2017 season. Mercedes has taken pole position at all but one. And can you name the odd one out? So uh, Merck have managed to take pole position at every single circuit that F1 has raced at since 2017. But can you name the only one that they haven't taken pole at? And uh, while you have a think about that, uh, we'll go through uh, the action from the Mexico City Grand Prix then. And uh, well, uh, speaking of uh, Mercedes and pole positions, another one um, for Valtteri Bottas. Uh, he, he's announced his contract to Alfa Romeo a few weeks ago, and he's having a stormer, or or so we thought, up until... Uh, well, turn one, and really, that's where we have to start, turn one. Uh, um, a Merck 1-2, a front row lockout. Um, we all remember the Red Bull front row lockout of 2018. Uh, still the only uh, the only Red Bull front row lockout there has been in the hybrid era. Um, I think I'm right in saying. Um, but up until that point, Valtteri Bottas looked like he was on to lead a Grand Prix again. Uh, well, he leaves the door open. For, uh, for Mr. Verstappen, who uh, Red Bull are on third and fourth. He comes sailing through late on the breaks. Uh, Lewis goes through into, into ahead of Bottas as well. And uh, after having a great start, uh, Mr. Ricardo, uh, unfortunately, uh, 
he, we, well, we call him the last of the late breakers. Little bit too early on the breaks this time. Uh, locked up, ran straight into Valtteri. And pretty much that was their two races over and done with. Yeah, it was written in the stars for Valtteri to try and be relevant again. Um, but then his skill set kind of came through once again. It was a average start. You know, it's a, it's a long, long run down into turn one. So, you know, you're always going to get slipstreamed and have, have cars alongside you. And they'll have talked about that in a briefing. You know, they know they're going to be in a dog fight going into turn one. And he wasn't a dog and he didn't fight. It was horrendous. He just kind of tapped on his brakes, feathered it round. Oh, hi, Max. Bye. Like, when, when your teammate is in such a tight battle, I'm not saying he should have ran him off the road, but you kind of open your steering out and make Max really have to kind of slow down and take a long route round so that Lewis, your teammate that's fighting for the championship, gets a nice easy turn one. But no, he just went, yeah, go on, Max. Through you go. Lewis thinks Valtteri's got him covered. Oh, it was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. The daft thing is, though, daft thing is, is we say, obviously, Lewis and Max are in a, a, quite a, a fight, a fight for, for the World Championship in the drivers. Constructors as well, let's be fair, because we'll get on to where they are now in a bit. So you'd think, surely, you need as many constructors' points as you can over Red Bull, and you're only just leading that. So... Surely Valtteri needed to be a little bit more defensive because we've seen in the past, and we saw this in, in previous races, starting from pole position in Mexico is not a good idea because well, no. the only one I can remember, well, I, could, I think Leclerc started well from, from pole last time and Ricardo got away well as well in 2018. But realistically, as Verstappen was saying after qualifying, second or third is probably your best bet. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's like Russia as well. You have these tracks that you're always going to be struggling because of the amount of slipstream. But that is where this team meeting comes in in the briefings before the race. And you say, right, if we have a, the same kind of start, we'll push Max wide. You know, they all know that Max is going to be sailing through. It'd be a miracle if it had had a bad start for them. They knew what was going to happen and it was about minimising, you know, using a bit of damage limitation. Allowing Max to pull alongside, yeah, that's fine. You know, you can't you can't cover the whole road with two cars. But you compete with him for your brakes. You let him go and you try and you match him. Max has been doing that the entire season. And Mercedes have made made a big thing out of, oh, you know, we're in this for the big fight. If that's all you're going to do, then you may as well just hand him the trophy now and save all your money on uh, on flights and petrol and just take him straight to Monaco and give him the trophy because he's just... He's going to romp away with it now. And and I think, I don't really know what Mercedes can do to try and incentivise Valtteri to have a bit of a bit of fight in him. Because we've seen it before. They've, they've used him as a blocker, like like they've, you know any other team would do with a second driver, try and slow Max down in between, in like in middle of stints. And Valtteri just lets him pass. He's got no fight in him. It doesn't matter if Valtteri's fighting for a lead. He can't keep hold of that. They can't say it's, it's for the team because they still can't keep hold of a lead with that. It's, it's embarrassing. It really is. And the, the quicker he gets to Alfa Romeo, the better, as far as Mercedes are concerned. Well, there are quite a few people, and including a lot of Ricardo fans on, on Sunday, were, were quite surprised why Ricardo didn't get a penalty for the Turn 1 incident. Because even I can, I, I'll admit, and he even apologised for him himself. 
it, it pretty much was his fault that Valtteri got spun around. I suppose you could say if he didn't, if he, well, you know, the famous saying from the almighty Ayrton Center, uh, Ayrton Senna, where's my, my words have gone to bits <laughs> there. If you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. We've, we saw it obviously 1990 in Japan when he won the title. Fantastic bit of, of sport. There was, it wasn't sporting, but it was just brilliant. It was awful. And yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could say the same thing about Ricardo because if he doesn't go for that gap, then someone else gets it. So Perez, we're, we're closing in on that. If he doesn't go for the gap, he backs off. He gets caught in all the, the hoo-ha that came behind him as well. So realistically, he, he, well, what more could he really do? Yeah. Uh, he should have got a penalty, but I think the fact that he ended up kind of at the back of the, the back of the field was enough of a penalty for him. His race was ruined and that was him done then for the rest of the rest of the race. No points for him. Valtteri shouldn't have been there because he should have been running max wide and the apex should have been Danny Ricardo's. If if Valtteri had any sort of gumption about him, he wouldn't have been at the inside of that <laughs> of turn one. He'd have been somewhere out on the grass fighting for to get to the pylon first with uh, with Max. Um, but yeah, uh, I think yeah, da- Danny Rick was a bad move. It, it was um, the gap existed, but the gap was only a quarter of a car by the time he got there. Um, nice, nice attempt though. Nice to see him fighting because. You know, race two and three of this year, he didn't look like he had any fight in him. So he's he's getting a bit of that kind of that I'm gonna go for a move type thing that got him these big drives. So it's it's nice to see a bit of the old Danny Rick, and I think with a bit of finesse he'll be be lunging down the inside of Charles Leclerc for for the world title next year. Well, that's that that'd be fine by me. I'll tell you that now. As we were mentioning this hoo ha behind Ricardo, um, Yuki little. Little poor Yuki. Uh, obviously, started started from the back of the grid because of all those those penalties. And oh, I've I've just realised we forgot to mention this. We have to mention this in qualifying. Sonoda goes off when the Red Bulls are just coming up behind him on the final Q3 lap. Sonoda's got through to Q3, and to be fair to him, he's doing brilliantly now in that Alpha Tori. He's got the little bit of confidence. He's he's putting in the the quick laps that we know he can do. Well, that he that he's shown so far this season, he slightly goes off a little bit, tries to keep off to keep out of the way. Perez sees him, gets gets shocked basically. He goes off, and uh, well, Red Bull say that they got Sonoda, which I think, in all honesty, that is pretty unfair from Horner. Brutal. I we've we've talked about this before. How Red Bull have got the little dream boy, and then anyone else that's in their organisation doesn't matter to them and their people management skills are abysmal we've seen it with Gasly with Kvyat going back to Bordet and Alga Schwari the, the list of Red Bull rejects that could have been something and have become something after leaving Red Bull is endless what 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 was Horner expecting out, out of that he might have got one laugh from Helmut Marko but Yuki's now going to be going back to his motor and thinking okay my, you know, our our sister team doesn't respect me. My big bosses don't care about me. Shocking. He made a mistake. Fine. But, but they were third and fourth. It's not, a, you know, if, if that had meant that Verstappen were knocked out of Q1, 
I can understand them being a bit annoyed, but he did nothing. Ah, wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, so, well, that's Red Bull in a nutshell, isn't it? Unless Golden Child wins a, a world title, everyone else is in the wrong. Hashtag rich energy. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so we were mentioning uh, Sonoda's start, obviously starting from the back of the grid with penalties. He had a, a ton of pe- uh, ton of penalties. Russell, Sonoda, Lando had another engine. Ocon, uh, Lance Stroll had to pretty much rebuild his car after uh, <laughs> crashing at the start of qualifying. Uh, it, it's very surprising. Bottas didn't have another new engine because uh, the way they're going, he should be on his 17th at the moment. He's still got a few races to go. Exactly. And... <laughs> So Sonoda, well, this thing, I can't quite remember what happened, but I think basically Ocon this time, uh, well, he got sandwiched again, didn't he, Ocon? Yeah. Um, He flipped Sonoda, um, so that sort of buggered up Sonoda. Um, And who was the other one? It was was George, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. I think it was George. Or was it Mick? No, it was Mick, because Mick ended up out, didn't he? That was it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was... It was unlucky. I felt sorry for Yuki. Um, although when I actually watched it live, I didn't because Crofty made a mistake on the commentary and said, as Yuki Tsunoda tries to go down the inside of um, of Perez, I was like, what a start. How did he do that? It was Gasly who just got it wrong. But I thought Yuki had absolutely somehow sailed past 13 other cars and was just absolutely nailing his lap one. I was like, go on. Uh, yeah, no. Um, it was unlucky. I, I felt really bad for him, and he's just—he's just a cute little guy, little five foot two. And he was just like, someone hit me. You know, oh bless him. He's just living his boyhood dream, and it's not quite going there yet. But I reckon next season, hopefully, he'll get a bit of luck. Yeah, with about three hundred swear words uh, that followed, most likely. <laughs> so once turn one got out of the way, this is the thing: the Mexican Grand Prix, and we were t- obviously we were mentioning the calendars a few weeks ago. This explains why I didn't put Mexico in mine. Yeah. Because if you look at the the final uh, classification, only, I think it was only the top four, or was it, it, it was, yeah, it was top five, sorry. Top five were on the lead lap. Yeah. And I, this is the thing. I've got no problem with cars being faster than other cars, but the top five were the only ones on the lead lap. And let's be fair. You've got Verstappen that was nearly 20 seconds in front of Hamilton, for goodness sake. Then after Perez, Gasly's another 10, 15 behind, and then Leclerc's another 10 behind him. It's, I mean, no surprise that the M-word's the only one that was three laps down because, well, that's just him. That's just his normal pace. Yeah. But the rest of them, if they're getting lapped so many times, it's... It's just boring, isn't it? Those those final timing screens, you wouldn't be surprised to see in like a six hour of Silverstone. They're so spread out. Um, it was quite a boring race. I got to about lap 22. I watched it after because I was busy at the time, so I couldn't watch it live. And I sat watching it and it got to about lap 22 and I said to my dad, I went, does it get any better than this? And he was like, no, not really. I I'll watch the highlights then. Nothing happened. You had a bit of pit stop things, but it was just the cars couldn't follow each other because they were overheating. Hamilton couldn't even get past. Um, I think it was it was one of the McLaren that had been Lando couldn't get past him for laps and laps. 
if 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 the much faster car can't even lap people because they can't follow, how are we expected to enjoy a race full of close fighting? It was the race was done at turn one. I just, I put it in my calendar. I think partially because, like I said, my friend Eduardo would kill me if I didn't. But also, yeah, Mexico has a really big fan base and the stadium section is cool. But the rest of the lap could just go for me. It was really bad. Well, the problem we've got with with Mexico is it's a. Re- this is the thing. I've actually now I've watched a, a proper Grand Prix. It's a good circuit. It's not bad. The only problem is, as you were mentioning, the cars are overheated. You've got you've got too many long straights. But the problem is, it's not like a Monza where you can utilize the long straights. Otherwise, McLaren had probably got another one too. Yeah. I I like it, but the problem is, well, we're hopefully next year with twenty two and these new cars that all changes. Apart from Mazepin being seven laps down because that's <laughs> going to be his normal pace. It's yeah. I, I think like you were saying. And this is why you look on our note sheet that we've got for, for this Grand Prix. It's literally turn one and that's it. Because yeah. the only thing you could possibly mention is at the end, Hamilton and Perez. And the annoying thing is we all wanted Perez to win the Grand Prix. Yeah. I'm glad Hamilton got second because I think a Red Bull one, two, wouldn't have sat right for me because then Perez would have been that close to first, but not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that was the, I, th- I think if it had been a one, two, I think mentally Mercedes are checking out. I think, I think they really would be kind of thinking we can't even keep Perez behind Hamilton now. The pay, you know, we're just not keeping up with the Red Bull anymore. Uh, but just, just one, one more thing going back to, to kind of Mexico is, the, the main thing that everyone was talking about was it's because of the altitude and that the cars are overheating. Brazil's even higher, and it's a classic every every time. I just I don't I don't understand in particular why because we're going we're going to it you know it's going to be even tougher on the engines, and they're going to be overheating even more. But yet I'm really looking forward to Brazil because Brazil is somehow a better track despite same kind of long straights and it's it's such a weird one it's such an enigma but yeah I, I i wouldn't be sad if we dropped it after this race to be honest but i'm really hoping that like you say next um next year's something a little bit different but yeah you, you, we shouldn't be doing a podcast saying turn one we're good uh yeah and then the checkered flag happened <laughs> well we've started something now so we have to keep it going it's, ta- it's taken us long enough to actually start it for goodness sake exactly. no I, th- I think the thing with brazil and we'll, we'll explain on this in a few minutes it's because mexico is a lot more of a full throttle like you have the stupidly long uh uh line to turn one you've got a decent run between three and four and you've got quite a fast bit even though it's s's uh, before you get to the stadium, whereas Brazil is kind of more sort of there's more corners, shall we say? Yeah, not as not as heavy braking zones. Brazil will come on to shortly. Um, but I did promise this last week because I forgot to do it last week. We have uh, El Conductor del Dia, uh, which is uh, driver of the day. Uh, as we uh, we are focusing on Mexico, why not have a bit of Spanish? So, conductor del dia, um, quién para ti, James? Uh, sí. 
<laughs> I speak German, not Spanish. I'm guessing you asked me, driver of the day. So, see, si. I am going, Max, I think he kind of got out ahead, did what he had to, brave move. Well, wasn't even that brave because Valtteri basically gave him the place, but move down the outside. It's always, it is risky. Um, controlled the race, didn't really put a foot wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mike's. It's it was a championship winning drive in that sense. So yeah. Uh, para ti, para mi, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it up there before I uh, embarrass myself. Uh, for me, well, I mean, <laughs> Lando is worthy of of driver of the day. Started at the back from 18th, finished in the points. Uh, Point. Could suggest Checo because he got on the podium, did well. For me, though. Well, Kimmy or or uh, or Seb as well, both. Uh, yeah, both well, Kimmy uh, he rarely gets in the points, but at least he got some water this time, uh, rather than it being in his effing boots. Uh, for me, <laughs> I think I'm going to give it to Lewis primarily because at, at the end of the day, his teammate struggled to no points there. When you're fighting two Red Bulls, you're holding off Checo, you get second place. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? What what more can he really do? If first gone, you hold on to second, and that's what he did. So I, I'm going to give it to Lewis. So there you are. Before you start having a go at us at Merck, um, uh, prefer preferential treatment. One of us has gone Max. One of us has gone Lewis. So there you are. Um, we're going <laughs> to uh, move onwards to uh, Momento del fin de semana, uh, moment of the weekend, uh, as usual. The uh, the funniest or the craziest moment of uh, of the Mexico City Grand Prix and uh, a couple of contenders uh, to consider. Yeah, um, I liked it at the start when Perez apologised for turning Bottas around, even though he was nowhere near him. That, that was great. Came on the radio and went, oh, no, sorry. It's like you would literally you couldn't have been any further away from him. So I thought that was quite funny. Um F1 kind of messed up a bit as Max crossed the line uh, to win. They, they, they captioned him as Kygo International DJ. Too early. <laughs> it looked like Kygo had won the race <laughs> instead. And then he cut to him like waving the flag. And it's like, well done, Max Verstappen for waving the flag. Well done, Kygo. Um, and then my other one was <laughs> Toto's really quick <laughs> to complain about Bottas this weekend, not, not defending enough. And I, I saw something on, on Twitter. It says, um, Toto Wolf when speaking to Netflix. At Mercedes, we have a no-blame policy. We blame events, not people. And Toto Wolf to Bottas. Nice blocking, you stupid idiot. <laughs> oh, dear me. Fair enough. Um, the, the one I could I could sort of add into that, maybe. Um, I mean... It depends if you'd call it funny or crazy. I mean, you could have the Ferrari team radio meltdown with Charles when he uh, he didn't really fancy swapping uh, positions with with Carlos. Yeah. Um. And and Verstappen uh, sat on his Red Bull, uh, being lifted up that uh, podium. Imagine imagine if that broke. Says it all, doesn't it? Oh yeah. That was... Um. Who are you going to give it to this weekend? Uh. I think. I think Perez, because he, he could have talked himself into a penalty. <laughs> it would have been quite funny if Michael had gone, yeah, no, he's already said it's his fault. And just not looked at it. <laughs> Mexican dream. So uh, Perez gets moment of the weekend. Well, it had to be Perez, didn't it? It was pretty much his weekend. Um, 
Onwards to your thoughts on uh, on the Mexico City Grand Prix. I noticed we had a couple, um, and uh, James can talk us through them. Uh, so Eduardo messaged in and said, Checo may have may not have gotten the win, but you can bet every single Mexican is proud of him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he drove well. Um, you're never going to beat Max, I think, under normal conditions. Um, Max is too quick, and Lewis was very good as well. Uh, but yeah, he drove a great race and he, he really has got a huge fan base behind him. And I know obviously Eduardo um, is Mexican and he is such a big fan uh, of Checo. And it's nice to see a genuinely nice guy doing well as well. So definitely. And then we had another comment in uh, from another listener saying, boring as hell, <laughs> sod Red Bull, Danny Rick back in the points in Brazil, Mazas been finished, three laps down. Nikita is shocking. He is bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Danny Rick needs to get back in the points and try not to absolutely hammer anyone else. Uh, that, that'd be nice for him. Uh, no offence, Danny, or his <laughs> biggest fan sat opposite me. But yeah, boring. Shocking race. Yes, and the funny thing was, who came up with that second uh, comment? Uh, that would be me. <laughs> uh, because uh, that that shows you how interesting uh, the Mexican Grand Prix was. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, so that is the Mexican Grand Prix. We can park that. And uh, just before I run you through the final order, so Max Verstappen winning for the ninth time this season. Uh, is he onwards to his first world title? Lewis Hamilton in second, some seventeen seconds behind. Sergio Perez on the podium, a Mexican driver on the Mexico City Grand Prix podium for the first time ever. Uh, Pierre Gasly, another strong result for him in fourth. Charles Leclerc in fifth, ahead of Sainz. Sebastian Vettel in seventh. Some good points for Aston Martin. Kimi in eighth. Uh, Fernando, in, what, what is this? For Seb, Kimi and Alonso, the three, uh, the three oldies in the midfield. They're all getting in the points. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got Lando finishing up in 10th. Uh, and then we have in 11th place for his last probably Mexican Grand Prix ever in his career, Antonio Giovinazzi. Daniel Ricciardo managed to get up to 12th after mashing into Bottas. We've got uh, Ocon somehow managed to stay in the race despite having two cars go over his front wheels. So that's impressive. Well done, Alpine. Uh, Lance Stroll in 14th. I don't remember him at all from the race. Valtteri Bottas, 15th. Yeah, unlucky. Uh, at a pit stop at the end to try and take a fastest lap off Max. Um, George Russell in 16th, Nicholas Latifi in 17th. Mazepin existed in the race three laps down. What is the point? Save your petrol. The team is poor enough as it is. Uh, Mick Schumacher did five corners. Well done, Mick. And Yuki Tsunoda got hit from behind, turned around, jumped in the air. And for once, it wasn't his fault. That's your standings. So that is your Mexico City Grand Prix. We can leave that one now for another year. And uh, the way that one went, we hope it doesn't come back for another year. <laughs> now, normally that would be that, but obviously it is a triple header. Um, and uh, this weekend we have the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, um, or as we know it, the Brazilian Grand Prix, the home of Is That Glock, the home of Nico Hulkenberg's only pole position in Formula One, the closest thing he's ever got to a podium. Uh, the home of Seb coming from last on the grid, uh, 
to win his uh, his third world title. Um, the, the home of Ocon hitting Verstappen uh, in 2018, which was very funny. Uh, the home of uh, Seb and Charles Leclerc coming together. Uh, Mustasain in 2019. And we've got the sprint on top of all that, and we'll start there. Oh, yes. So a third sprint, James, which must mean uh, the third and final time that uh, Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen crash uh, this season. We're getting a crash. It's going to be so good. I hope they're all going to be okay with it. I just hope it's a little bit of one, something bit of contact. It's got to happen. Um, I think it's written in the stars. Brazil, fantastic track. Um, Lewis has always gone well at Brazil. Um I'm hoping that one of the drivers has to pull out of the race and we get Timo Glock in. Uh, he, finished, he comes out of his vineyard, stops making his wine for a race and comes back to mess Max, but Max Verstappen up and get this title race back underway. Um, ice going to be good. I'm really looking forward to it. If we get a bit of rain as well, um, I think it could be absolute carnage. Um, as we know, Brazil's weather, um, given the fact it's surrounded by rainforests, can be really volatile. Um I hope it doesn't get rained off again like Spa, though. Uh, we don't want that. But, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, the title race is still on, and this is the... Uh, I know Max has had three wins now um, and really kind of putting his foot down, but still... Well, Max is on 312 versus on 293. Quick maths. It's a race win. We're close. We're really close. Um, still, so yeah, I I I am hoping that we get some contact just for the intrigue, and so we don't go. Third one was good, and then they raced for seventy one laps. <laughs> we we need we need something because let's be fair. We well we saw Hamilton get that penalty last time when he hit Albon and spun Albon round. Um, oh. that put remember we had Gasly in second who out dragged Hamilton. And then we had Carlos Sainz in third. Um, I realistically, we need some rain. We need some wet weather because after Mexico being bone dry and boring, basically, we need some unpredictability. Mm -hmm. Can I see this being where Hamilton takes another penalty? I think that will depend on the outcome of the sprint. I think if he's... this is the thing now. Verstappen is comfortably ahead in the standings. Red Bull are one point behind Merck. Not one race win, one point. And that's only because Bottas nicked that fastest lap off Max. You know what? I think, and I'm going to say this now, and this is a bombshell. If Verstappen wins the Brazilian Grand Prix, he wins the championship. And I think Red Bull do as well. I don't actually think that's that much of a bombshell. I think I completely agree. I, I, they are, if they win here, they're going to be imperious for the rest of the, uh, Red Bull always have a good end of season as well. They've always yeah. been good at the back end of season and that is starting now. And I think if you're right, Max needs a good run in the sprint race. If he's at the back, it's going to be a Jensen Button type drive, 16th to first type job. Yeah. The, th- the thing is though, Red Bull have clawed this champ, this constructors' points back because Bottas has been inconsistent, I think is the kindest way of saying this, whereas Checo has been constantly delivering. Yeah. 
So Hamilton has been fighting sort of a one a, with one hand behind his back. It, it, the problem is, is Merck, the, the engine is, is still a bit unreliable, shall we say, in the fact that they're having to take a few more engines. The Honda Power looks to be providing the bits now. Yeah, it's perfect and timing for Honda to pull out Red Bull, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can say... I can see Verstappen being strong here. And he, he's done it for the past couple of years. He's been strong. Yeah. So hopefully Esteban can do what he did in 2018 and spin him round, please. <laughs> Just to make it a bit more exciting because and I know we've gone through so much domination now of Merck just constantly winning and winning and winning and winning. But you did get a bit of unpredictability at times. Yeah. Whereas I, yeah. I think if if Verstappen wins, he's won the title. If Hamilton wins, I've got more. This is the thing. I always said I've got more faith in Merck winning the constructors than the drivers. Yeah. Now I think it's the other way around. I agree. I think if Merck are going to win one now, they're going to win the constructors. And I can't even see them doing that. I think the, the only other thing we have to consider um, going into these final few races now is you know, COVID still exists. Yeah. I am very, very surprised we're going to Brazil. Um, they have been one of the worst countries on their COVID record. There is still mm. chances for drivers to catch COVID. Um, I really hope it doesn't happen, but they are going to be, have to be very, mm. very careful when they're at the Brazilian Grand Prix. But, um, and yeah. so that that's the only other thing. I, but yeah, I am very surprised. But Bolsonaro, as a president, has been anti-vax, doesn't has actively told people that he doesn't want them to wear masks, and is currently potentially going to impeachment because of it. Um, and yet, Formula One has brushed the human rights aside for a race. <laughs> Fancy that. Um, so yeah, that's the other factor, and the fact that you know this last race was tough on engines. Mercedes engine hasn't been great. Hamilton might need another one at some point this season. We've got a lot of variables, but not many of them are looking good for uh, for Lewis. Mm. I mean, wouldn't it be funny if if one driver doesn't turn up for for this weekend? And well, the thing is now it's Thursday evening, so they'll have they'll have had the press conference, or they're going to have it shortly. It seems like all is okay. Nico coming back for for one race for Aston Martin or for for someone to step in where he got his pole position. It would everything would just be right with the world. But uh, all twenty drivers do seem okay. Right. The big question then is because the thing is we've not actually looked at sort of previewed a sprint weekend yet. Qualifying on Friday night. Who are we thinking is going to take? And this is the thing on this podcast, we call qualifying pole position. Yes. Even though it's technically not. Next year, if that is not pole position, I'm going to be very angry because that is pole position. This is turning into a lacrosse podcast. <laughs> yes. Who do we think is going to be on pole on Friday evening? Max Verstappen. You know what? I'm going to second that. I think Max will be on pole, but will he win the sprint? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, he's going to win it. Oh, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> but we're not biased. <laughs> we're not biased, no. Um, 
I'm not going to say Daniel Ricciardo is going to get uh, going to get third in this sprint as I would like him to. You know what? I can see, I can see Hamilton winning the sprint. Yeah, that's spicy. I can see Hamilton wins the sprint, but I think Verstappen will win this Grand Prix on Sunday. Yeah, it's. Um... Certainly a lot to play for. And I think the beauty with the sprint race as well is we could have two completely different um, weather systems for both races as well. If we get, I'm I'm hoping we at least get a wet session, whether that's for the qualifying on Friday, the sprint or or the race on Sunday, because that is really going to spice the field up. Um, Imagine if we have a wet qualifying and Lance Stroll puts it on pole. He is incredible in the wet. We've seen that a few times now. End up with a Lance Stroll win um, on Saturday. Why not? He's he's going to be my outside, my outside bet. If I if I was if I was a betting man, Lance Stroll's going to have a cracking weekend. Well, it's going to. I'm just looking at the weather for Sao Paulo. Bone dry and boiling hot for Sunday. I reckon if we are going to see any rain, it's going to be for actual quality. Okay. But I can see this being bone dry, boiling hot, Verstappen, Verstappen, Verstappen all weekend. <laughs> I hope not, but I'm going to say Max to get pole, Hamilton uh, to win the sprint, but Verstappen to win the actual Grand Prix. And you are saying a Red Bull, Max Verstappen, clean sweep with maximum points from this weekend then. And if it isn't, Lance Stroll, if it rains. Right, Okay. Um, right, so those are our predictions ahead of this weekend's Sao Paulo. No, it's Brazilian, it's Brazilian Grand Prix. End okay. of story. Uh, Max Verstappen does lead the drivers' championship by uh, some points. I've not got the, the math skills to work that one out. He's got 312 and a half. Uh, Hamilton is in second, 293 and a half. Uh, Bottas is now out of the championship, as we've known for pretty much all season. Uh, but he is now mathematically out on 185. Then you've got Checo with 165. Uh, Lando's got 150. Charles Leclerc, 138. Science with 130 and a half. Uh, Danny Rick has 105. No points from Mexico. Uh, Pierre Gasly, 86 now in ninth. And uh, Fernando, of course, is in the top 10. He's got 60. And moving on to the constructors, we have Mercedes on 478 and a half. Uh, just behind the Red Bull, four seven seven and a half. There's one point in it with a few races to go. Uh, third place, we've got Ferrari on two six eight and a half, with McLaren just behind them on two five five. Uh, Danny Rick really needs to score some more points um, if they're going to keep this fight alive. But the Ferraris are looking very good at the end of this season. Uh, we've got Alpine and Alpha Tauri both tied on 106 points. That's going to be very interesting come the end of the season. Uh, let's hope that Sonoda doesn't Sonoda himself again. Uh, we've got Aston Martin in seventh on 68 points. That will jump up very quickly with a Lance Stroll win this weekend. Uh, we have Williams on a massive 23 points. Let's hope for another good run out from George and Nick as they seem to be getting stronger the further into the season we go. Alfa Romeo on 11 points. And Haas Automation Inc. Racing. <sighs> That's the most interesting thing I've said about them all season. Zero points. Bye-bye. 
Nul Poir once more. So that is it. And we are ready now for the Brazilian Grand Prix this weekend. We'll have all the action ahead of that next week. And next week will probably have to be a little bit earlier than usual um, for personal reasons. I won't be here on the Thursday or the Friday either. Just before we go, the answer to the trivia question, and we were talking Mercedes once again, and the only Grand Prix circuit where they've not had pole position out of the 28 since the start of 2017. It's not Baku. They've had pole position in Baku. Uh, I've no idea. That's really, because they've been so imperious. They have been so imperious, and I can tell you, and I'll narrow it down for you, it was this year. Oh, yeah. Zanvor. Zanvor is the only one that they've not taken pole at, and that's primarily because it's, it's the only one so far. Although in that, in that circumstance, you could probably add uh, Imola, and there's only been two of them, but yet there's been one pole each. Uh, so there you go, Zanvort, the only uh, the only circuit that Merck haven't had a pole position yet, and uh, most likely they're not going to have a pole position for a fair while um, if it stays on the calendar. Right, that is your lot. Uh, we are back next week, whenever it will be, uh, to run through the Brazilian Grand Prix weekend. And uh, if all goes well, I'll be talking about another Daniel Ricciardo win, and uh, wouldn't that be brilliant? Um, so for me and James and all the team here on Preview, we will see you next week. Enjoy the sprint, and it's goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.